This is Ashley, and this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libation. This week in Mentor Moment, I wanted to just shout out Women's History Month. It is Women's History Month, and I am so excited to celebrate the contributions that women, um, and particularly Black women, have made in my own life, in the world of work, of course, and in this country. There's just so much value, you know, when a woman is at work and when a woman is doing the work, and you'll catch me uh, here on the podcast interviewing impactful women all month long, talk to them about uh, the work that they're doing to serve women using their expertise. And I think that when it comes to women and Women's History Month, obviously we, you know, spend a lot of time this month celebrating and honoring women, you know, doing work around hidden figures and also sort of thinking about, you know, women that maybe have been marginalized or, you know, don't get enough visibility. And one of the ways that I'll be doing work around that is around Women's Equal Pay Day. So there is, a women's equal pay day in March. Now I should um, be like specific to say that the women's equal pay day um, in March is actually specifically speaking to um, white women. So Monday, March 7th is equal pay day in 2022 for, I'm sorry, not March 7th, but March 24th in the United States, March 24th is equal pay day, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, for for women. And that includes all women. So like that's kind of an average for all women. Black women, when you sparse out like how Black women are paid equally, um, I think our equal pay day is not until August, which means that a woman, for example, in the United States has to work until like mid-March, for example, to earn the same dollar that a man would earn, you know, on January 1st. And for Black women, they have to earn, you have to work all the way until August to earn the same, you know, dollar that a man would earn. And pay inequity is something that is really important, like an issue that's really important to me, because obviously as a career coach, my job is to help women make more money and have more impact at work. And I recognize because of the women that I serve who are primarily Black women, brown women, but those pay inequities are significant. And so I just want to honor, you know, other women and other organizations that are doing work around equal payday. Women and women's contributions should be paid at the same level as their male counterparts. And if you are a woman who has concerns that you may not be paid equitably, then I'm excited to talk with you about that experience and work together to come up with a plan so that we can make sure that you are um, making more money and having more impact in your career. So I just want to highlight National Women's Pay Day, which like I said, it is this month in March, and just honor all the women who are striving to close the gender pay gap and raise awareness around this serious issue and thrive to help women make more money and have more impact. And if you need support in that, you can um, apply to work with me right on my website at mentor-me.org because all women should be paid equitably. So next up, and I digress, we're talking this week to Tracy Massey, a grief coach. Tracy is an expert that helps um, women impacted by tragedy learn how to disrupt the cycle of grief. She's also the host of the Charging Station podcast and does a lot of work around helping women move through trauma and move through grief to live a fulfilling life. Tracy, so thrilled to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Ashley. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And I'm really excited to connect with 
uh, you specifically in today's conversation. And honestly, like to connect you with my audience because everyone experiences grief. And, you know, particularly over the last two years in this country, right, we're, we're literally embarking on our second year living in a global pandemic. There's just more grief um, and more trauma than I think that any person alive has ever experienced before. And so your expertise is like, listen, since you're right on time, right? And so I really just want to talk to you about, you know, what is a grief coach? Like, how can you describe this to a listener of School and Life who's never encountered a professional who does work like you? Well, the easiest way I can describe a grief coaching is what we do as coaches. We take you from where you are right now and develop a plan to get you to where you want to be. So coaching and therapy are two different things. I think people get those two intertwined and they're really not. Therapists usually deal with the past and help you to uproot those things that may have you stuck. So I love to say uh, pairing a coach and a therapist together, you got a winning combination because I love working with therapists so we can have an intricate plan for our particular clients and they get results even faster than what they would expect normally. So coaching is for here now and where you want to go. I love that. And so like as a grief coach, you might support someone who is experiencing a traumatic event or loss and help them think about how they process that and sort of move forward through that process to come to a happier or more fulfilled or end, whereas therapy might sort of address the trauma that they've experienced that might be impacting their grief more significantly. Is that an appropriate distinction? Yes. Very good. Yes. Good. Okay. And because I was going to ask you, you know, like, how would you, you know, how is grief coaching different than hiring a therapist? But I think you've described it there um, really well. And me as a person, I've experienced a lot of grief over the last two years. I lost um, an aunt and I think five cousins in the past two years, all family members who were very close to me. And I did seek therapy and I found that to be really helpful and really healing. Can you walk me through sort of your framework of coaching that talks about the elements for sort of moving beyond the therapy and into to the coaching and the futuristic aspects? Can you kind of walk me through like the pillars of, you know, what it means to walk through a grief coaching process? Yeah, well, for me particularly, um, the first thing we're going to do in my framework is identify the grief. So we walk through each stage of grief and what that looks like for that person, because grief looks different for everyone. So a lot of times what I found with my clients is that they don't know what the stages of grief are one, and then they don't understand, well, okay, if I'm reacting this way, well, okay, maybe I'm in this stage. And I'll also help them identify that these stages can continue over and over again. So we identify the stages, we identify the stages for that person, and we also look at the triggers for that person. So we identify that. So once we figure out all of that, then we go on to my second part, which is managing it. So my clients have, we come up with a plan, I call it your grief toolkit plan. So when we identify how these stages are manifesting in them, then we come up with a plan to how to manage it. So if, say for instance, for me, I know my prominent stage is anger. So I have a plan that helps me to deal with my anger because child, 
when I'm going through grief, like right now, I'm in the middle of what I call my grief season because I have a ton of losses from February through May. I know the slightest thing can set me off and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm saved and I love the Lord, but I still got hands. So <laughs> sometimes I just have to take a minute and say, okay, is this really the person that is aggravating me or is this the stage that I'm in and just implement my plan from that point so when we come up with that grief plan then we figure out how to disrupt it so we have the plan we figure out ways to how to quickly implement that plan and disrupt that cycle so you can go on and thriving on a regular basis in your in your new normal yeah that's really beautiful thanks so much for walking me through that tracy because i do feel like it's important for people to understand you know really what you would be walking them through as they are experiencing grief and trying to be coached through it so talk to me about the characteristics or the identities of a woman who would benefit from your expertise like where do women typically find themselves when they finally so reach out to tracy and say hey tracy i need your help what are the characteristics of a woman to sort of know she's ready to work with you well, one common thing that I see is when people pop up in my DMs, they are all saying the same thing. I'm doing things that I don't normally do, and I don't understand why I'm still here. So they realize that, wait a minute, I'm going around this mountain over and over and over again. I need help. And so that part is like the best thing to me, because once you recognize that you need the help, and once you recognize that you're still going around the same mountain, then any that's the perfect time for you to start uprooting and doing the work that's required to thrive. So I find that once they get to me, sometimes they're in a, I don't want to say a heightened sense of panic, but sometimes they are. One thing that I want people to understand is like grief is not going to leave you alone. It's, it's not going away. It will show up. It is rude. It will show up whenever it feels like it. And so a lot of times people feel like because it's been X amount of years I shouldn't be reacting this way. And I tell people all the time, grief has no time limit, but the way you respond to it does. Yeah, that's good. And I, as you were thinking about that, I was also thinking about the different types of grief, right? So, you know, when you think about grief, you think of typically about death and dying, right? Like that kind of, that kind of grief, but do you support women, you know, as they're thinking about grieving other things outside of someone like dying or passing, do you support women in other types of grief? And if so, can you describe, you know, the different types of grief that you sort of support women through? Absolutely. Grief is a loss. Plain and simple. It's a loss. You can grieve your past life. Like you can grieve relationships. You can grieve when you've moved from a new career to from an old career to a new career. You can grieve what you had before then. So absolutely. I teach you the same principles on how to thrive through that. I know for me having, I just did a podcast episode talking about relationship grief. There's a process to go through that because you don't want to take what you had in the past into a new relationship. So how do you navigate through that? How do you deal with the feelings that you have for that person or whatever you lost? So yes, we walk through all of that stuff. And um, one of the things that we do is my first conversation with people is my first question is tell me about your loss. Like, why are you here? Tell me about why you're here. And the majority of people is talking about death and dying or a loss of a loved one or a friend. But I'm starting to see a lot more people like, look, I can't get over this relationship. I don't know how to move forward. Help me. So, yes, we go through it all. 
Yeah, that's so beautiful. I actually had saw something by a fellow podcaster, actually, that I follow. Let me see if I can pull it up here. She posted something on Twitter and she was saying, I'm praying for the capacity to let go of the people that I that have let go of me. Please give me what I need to release any need for understanding from people who choose not to communicate. Help me not to internalize any unarticulated issues or grievances as personal flaws or faults. Right. Like, and so like that prayer might be related to like a friendship loss or a relationship loss where there's a misunderstanding and, you know, there's no reconciliation. Right. You, so you kind of are praying like, let me let go of this. Let me let go of something that's let go of me. (laughs) And I think that is so beautiful. And in the spirit of like prayer and and, and, um, spirituality, you know, Tracy, in your work, you share a lot of scriptures, you share a lot of, you know, sort of biblical principles related to to grief and loss. And I know in my own grief journey as a fellow believer, as a Christian, I've been really angry with God, really frustrated, really like dealing with issues of abandonment, right? When I felt like God took people from me or took things from me as I was going through that grieving process. So can you talk a little bit about how you help your clients navigate their faith and their spirituality with sort of anger and resentment in that same faith walk, you know, because of things that feel like unfair or unjust? Oh, you just hit the nail on the head. A lot of times what we have been conditioned to believe as Christians is don't be mad with God. Don't ask him questions. Uh-uh, you better tell him how you're feeling. You better tell him that you're angry. I'll be the first one to say, when my daughter left this earth, I was angry with God. I didn't want to talk to him. I didn't want him saying anything. I didn't want any parts with him. But what I realized was he knew how I was feeling. And as soon as I admitted how I was feeling to him, even though he didn't need to, you know, confirmation that this this is how I was feeling. But as soon as I released that, I started to see things change for me. And the harder I tried to fight it, (laughs) the worse I put myself in a worse position. So the first thing I want people to realize is God knows you're angry. Tell him. Have this whole conversation with him. Like, look, I don't appreciate what you did, bro. So y'all forgive me. This is how I talk to God. He's my friend. So I don't appreciate what you did there, bro. Like, did we have to be so dramatic with this? But I would take moments to where when I would feel that anger, I would run to the scripture and say, okay, this is why I'm feeling anger. Because if you look at the entire book of Lamentations, what do you think this is? That is. It's all about crying out to God. You look at the book of Psalms, like the book of Psalms brought me through a lot of things because they were going through it in the book of Psalms. So I would look at scriptures like that to help me to, to navigate through I was feel, through what I was feeling and navigate through my anger towards God. And eventually, you know, we're cool again. So, and it's not like moments where I don't have, where I feel like, God, this makes no sense. Because even right now, the way the world is going, I'm like, God, this makes no sense. But my faith has to activate when I'm like, it makes no sense, but I know it makes sense to you. So whatever you want me to know and whatever you want me to understand, help me to understand it. Because right now I don't like it, but I know that you're in control. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Like remembering that God is our friend, that we can come go to him and be like, it's okay to question. It's okay to ask. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be frustrated. And not on, like not only is it okay, but like like you said, God already knows those things. So let's tell ourselves the truth. Let's tell God, our, our father, the truth. And let's really like 
I don't want to say be combative, but let's like approach it in the same way you would approach a friend when you're angry, when you feel like there's been a, a, a gap in communication or a partner, you know, we want to address it in that same way. That is so beautiful. Tracy, thank you for bringing that to us. And, you know, as we close out, like, how can my listeners stay connected with you? How can they, you know, learn from you? How can they work with you? Can you share with them how they can stay in touch? Yes, please follow me on Instagram at Living My Empowered Life. That's where all the shenanigans go down. Go down. If you connect in my stories, you're gonna see this crazy part. I'm very, very subdued today. But if you go to my stories, <laughs> you're gonna see like how I navigate through, like I said, this grief season. So follow me on Instagram at Living My Empowered Life. You can also listen to um, the Charging Station, which is another um, way that I connect with people. We're on preferred listening platforms. If you have prayer requests, click the link in my Instagram. You can submit prayer requests. I pray for everybody. And um, you can also work with me. I do have openings on my calendar. If you're looking for a grief coach and you're ready to disrupt this cycle of grief and thrive in your new normal, be sure to click the link in my bio on Instagram and connect that way. Thank you so much, Tracy, for joining me on the School and Life podcast and just sharing your expertise. I have been following you, it feels like for a couple of years, and she's right, it goes down in the stories and the shenanigans ensue. So I definitely encourage you to follow Tracy on at on Instagram at Living My Empowered Life. All the links for how to connect with Tracy and even how to um, work with her in grief coaching will be in the show notes. We're going to close out this week's episode with a little TVT. And this week, I'm going to talk about selling sunset. I'm low-key embarrassed to say that I watched this show because it is so ridiculous. It is like the most like obnoxious like show I feel like I ever watch, but like I can't turn away. Like I literally cannot turn away. So we're going to talk about it. Selling Sunset is a show that happens on Netflix and it's about the Oppenheim brothers, two brothers who run a real estate agency or a brokerage firm, I guess you would say a brokerage firm in Los Angeles. They're primarily in the Hollywood Hills, uh, but they also do some work um, in other places. And it features basically the good girl character, Chriselle and the bad girl character, Christine, and their antics for like, just like dealing with the drama of, you know, LA real estate. Like if those of you who are regular listeners know that I've been diving down like a real estate, um, <laughs> a real estate whole, I don't know, like I, I will come back to the podcast and talk about some of the, as I reflect some of the reasons why, but the real estate girls are like on 10. So I asked Tracy before we started recording if she watched Selling Sunset. She said no, but she does watch a lot of HGTV. So I'd love for you to share, Tracy, like what HGTV shows you're watching, what, what you love about them, and if you feel like they're drama-filled as well. Okay, so I don't have a drama-filled HGTV show, but I do have drama-filled shows. So don't be embarrassed by what you watch. Okay. <laughs> I want to share what I do watch, but we're going to talk about this HGTV. I love my lottery dream home. Ooh, that sounds I fun. I love that show. And it's basically people who win the lottery. And so they're looking for their dream homes. And I love seeing how all of these people are so different. There are some people that want to spend five, six million on a home. And then there's some people that just want to spend 200,000 on a home. Yeah. And of course, based off of their lottery wins. But what I found is a lot of people who want a lot of money still want to stay in like these modest homes. And I'm yeah. like, there's no way I do. You let Tracy, like, give me the bag. I'm going up. I'm going so up. It's going to be 
get ridiculous. <laughs> but I love watching it because it gives me a lot of ideas and I just write, okay, yeah, I want this in my house. I want this in my house. Because, you know, I'm, I'm very visual. So, I'm like, yeah, I like this. Like, oh, never thought about living there. Let's check this place out. So, yeah, I just feel like I'm on tour with them, like touring the houses with them. Like, girl, you know you're not going to like that. That is not even your style. I don't even know. <laughs> these ceilings are not high enough and these rooms are not big enough. Meanwhile, you're like, I should need to, like, get in my own Zillow account and worry about my own life. But it is so intriguing. And for me, like, the shows do such a good job of, like, you know, like, it's never like, like maybe like for the lottery, I imagine like maybe they have a partner or maybe they're shopping with somebody, the other person is they not on the same page or like you said, they only won, you know, $200,000 in the lottery, but they want a million dollar home. It's like, girl, from where? Like, where is right. this going? <laughs> the math is not mathing with that one, but we got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And yes, it's the same on Selling Sunset. They have like this $43 million home and it's just wild because it's like, they're like trying to find a buyer who can... Who can afford, you know, contingency and escrow and all of this on a $43 million? And you know what's trying funny? to find buyers. It's so funny when you say that. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be me one day. So I'm going to have all of these tools from these shows. When I go to my real estate agent, like, look, I'm not paying this much in um, escrow. We're doing this. Exactly. And then I'm like, do you have a real estate license? No, but I play one in my um, imagination. Yes, listen, it's the same for the girls. The new season of Law & Order came out. And I was thinking to myself, watching the show, why don't you have a lawyer? You didn't, they didn't even read you your Miranda rights. Like, girl, you don't. Your law degree extends just as far as this TV show extends. You've got to stop. But I've been watching Law and Order for like 20 years. So I feel like at this point, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you're the expert. No, let's go. I'm an expert, right? Oh my gosh, so funny. So if you're not watching, no, what now? What's the name of the lottery winning show? What's the name of it? My Lottery Dream Home. My Lottery Dream Home. So watch My Lottery Dream Home or watch Selling Sunset. Get your key keys. The world is hard. There's a lot of grief in the world. So if you need a yeah. release, you need a yeah. little joy, you need a little cattiness, somebody else being catty in their personal yeah. life, these are great shows to have a little release. Thank you um, so much for listening to this week's episode of School and Life. As a reminder, all month we'll be featuring women um, who um, have expertise and are ready to help you solve your problems in life and love. So make sure you share this episode um, with a friend group and of course, subscribe to the School and Life podcast. Thanks so much for listening. School's out. Class dismissed.